All right, welcome to Current Affairs Taiwan. We've got a great show co- coming up. Mike, what do we got coming up? We've got the KMT election, the chairmanship election, who's going to toss their hat in the ring, who might toss their hat in the ring, and who might be dragged into the ring. Mm-hmm. And then we've got some talk of KMT finances, which are horrible. Mm-hmm. And then we've got some talk of KMT in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So should be some good fun tonight. Hello, welcome again to another edition of Current Affairs Taiwan. I'm Michael Turton, and this is Donovan Smith with a word from our sponsor. That's right, we've got our sponsor. All right, uh, coming up is the 20th anniversary of the Tainan May Jam. And this is a, a rig, all original uh, bands, all original music. Uh, there's arts, there's culture, there's food. Uh, it's a great event. I've been before, I can say that uh, personally. Uh, it's free to attend, and it's May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in Tainan. For more information, go to mayjam.com or look for Tainan May Jam on Facebook. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'll definitely make the trip this year. Yeah, it's a great, that's a great event, actually. All right, so what have we got going today? I, the KMT is going to start tearing itself apart in the next few weeks in the, <laughs> in the run-up to the election, <laughs> which we're still a couple months away from. Oh, boy. Yes. I believe the election is me- March March 15th, something like that. Uh, something like that. They need to have the signatures all in for the candidates by February 4th, so they're running out of time. Ah. Oh. So. so how many signatures does each candidate need to run? I, I think it's 30,000. 30,000. I think so. Yeah. So who's running? We know how long Bing was interested Yes, in he came in today. Jiang Yajong has come out. Now, how long Bing was the former mayor of Taipei, who's the son of Hao Boatswan, the, mm-hmm. the far-right premier who ja- who jousted with Li Denghui back, back in, in the, the day, late yeah. 1980s mm-hmm. for control of Taiwan? Yep. And who went on, I remember on ICRT, him talking about how foreigners were here to destroy culture and that's how about one not how yeah long yes how about one yeah how long been seems to be a lot friendlier to foreigners but how long uh, yeah how about one was not uh, real foreigner friendly so yeah how long been is in the the other guy who's who is definitely in jiang yajong he is an ntu professor of political science he believes in some kind of it looks like confederation between taiwan and china he was talking about incorporation. Would, yeah. When we, you unpack that word, who knows what it really means. I think he's yeah. thinking of some kind of confederation. Yeah. That, that's what it smells like to me. Yeah. yeah. Who Was he in the presidential primary, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had some totally deep blue ideas mixed in with some very common sense policy yeah. proposals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would have been an interesting candidate. At least he would have talked about policy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so now, now there's some other candidates who are floating on the wings, and maybe we can talk. Well, there's the Tainan City Councilor Xie Longjie, or is it the other way around? Jie? No, no, it's Longjie. Yeah, Longjie. Xie Longjie. <laughs> I always mix it, mix it up. He was in in December, then he was out, and now, last I saw, he's keeping his options open. Eric Chu may or may not be running. There's a bunch of people pushing for him to run. Josh, and he's the ex-chair who was the candidate in the last presidential election before this one. So Shiwei, the ex-Taipei County, county, what is now New Taipei City, one-term commissioner. He is apparently, according to a report today, waiting to see what Eric Chu does, or Zhu Lilun is his Chinese name. So he might be in the race as well. Sean Lian has been tossed around as a candidate. That's Lian Jian's son. 
Terry Go. There's a bunch of people trying to draft him ah, ah. or Go timing. Will the KMD rules per- permit that? Well, the, there's different different theories on this. The, the party headquarters said, no, we can't change the rules. But they've already changed the rules for him before to allow him to run the primary. Right. I think they could change rules if they want to, but he doesn't seem all that interested. He's kind of upset with the KMT, so. Yeah. After being so brusquely dismissed in the primary. Yeah. After saving them after the 2016 election when, as you noted in a couple shows ago, Hong Shouzhou had gone to him hat in hand to get the money, to get money to save the KMT. We'll talk about the KMT's finances. Really great article Mm -hmm. at Ketagalan Media out this week. Yeah. And who else is in there now? Well, there's some people talking about trying to draft uh, Wayne Chang. Wayne uh, Chung, Chung Wanan. Who is he? And he, he just won re-election as a legislator in, I think it's Don District up in right. Taipei. Uh, he's a, a young, good-looking guy, but he's he didn't know it growing up, but he's actually the grandson of Zheng Jingguo. So there's him. There's people talking about Hoyoi. He's been making sounds about, oh, I want to do my job. Hoyo, he's the mayor of New Taipei City, and, and he's Taiwanese. And he's Taiwanese. He was affiliated with the DPP for a long time. Reading the other day, he was actually formally a member. I'm not sure if that's accurate, though. They actually asked him to run for office for yeah. in the early 2000s. Yeah. He's a possibility. Let's, we'll game the, the, the candidates in a minute. And then, of course, Han Guoyu, he may well be a candidate. Let's see. Hong Shouju is not on the list now, I don't think. She what? was before the election, Damn, but she got bad. killed. She just got killed in running for the legislature in Tainan. So <laughs> who else? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Well, I got the list here. Let's see. There's Hao, there's Ju, there's Zhou Xiwei, Wayne Zhang, Zhang Adong. Oh, oh and Mind Joe. Mind Joe, that's right. That's the one I'm forgetting. He's getting mentioned a lot. Yeah. Now he, of course, is the former president and he was the former chair. And apparently I saw that he commented that well, I've already had the job, like kind of dismissing it. But then again, if there's enough pressure, who knows? He might come back. I, we don't know. These seem to be the main candidates right now. So what do you think of the candidates? What what, what do you think of Hao Longbing? Well, they're all meh. Eric Ju is meh. Hao Longbing is meh. Who is mm. going to really put forward bold reforms that the KMT needs to stay alive? And that's the subject of debate within the KMT right now, mm-hmm. right? We were, we've been following this, and everyone has been following this in Taiwan with interest, since the, especially since the election, but even before that. Yeah. So right after the election, there was a group of young KMT people who said, look, we have to change the focus, mm-hmm. right? We have to become, we have to prioritize relations with the U.S. and Japan, mm-hmm. and we have to de-emphasize, if not get rid of the whole idea of unifying China. Now, what did this Mr. Xiao heads up the KMT youth group say? Do we have the quote? I think we have the quote right here. I think right this is worth somewhere. reading. Let's see. Yeah, why don't you read that? It's that in this one, article. That, yeah, yeah, this. Okay, so this is a Taipei Times article. And then there's two sections. There's one where Mind Joe basically admits that the KM92 consensus is flawed because of China, <laughs> which for him is quite a turnaround. Yeah, it is. Quite an admission for him to say that. Yeah. So do you want to? Here we are. I think yeah, that's it, it right there. Right here, yeah. Came to Youth League head Xiao Jingyan on Friday, proposed that the party should move away from pro-unification discourse. Mm-hmm. Taiwanese have achieved a consensus in refusing to acknowledge the legitimacy of the 1992 consensus. Mm-hmm. That is a man with a taste for irony. Mm-hmm. Xiao said in an interview with the China Review News Agency, adding that the party should find a new consensus, one that is anti-unification. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say that the 1992, anything that even smells like the 1992 consensus is going to be rejected by oh, the yeah. Taiwanese. Xiao said that his own observation said the Taiwanese agree basically on three things. The ROC is Taiwan. Independent sovereignty should not be violated. 
and unification should be adamantly opposed. And until the KMT changes its stance on that. But then Mind Joe was out this week saying, well, yeah, we could have any reforms as long as they don't violate the Constitution. And as long as they're approved by Beijing mm -hmm. and changes, this is changes in cross-strait policy. So basically Ma said, no, we can't have any reforms. Because, and mm -hmm. a lot of the older KMT guys are saying that to the younger ones. Hey, we need reforms. And the older right. ones are saying, I'm sorry, but the constitution of the ROC clearly states that it's one China and we can't violate that. And so that's what the old guy said to, uh, to Xiao, right? Anyone who thinks that this, anyone who supports this in violation of the constitution should just leave the party. Uh, another thing that was very interesting is that Xiao admitted that basically what he's advocating is, is very similar to what the DPP's language is on this. <laughs> And then there was a report, there's a, a new group also in the KMT of KMT members, I think there's 50 of them total. They have formed this new plus one group. So this is different from the Youth League here. Uh -huh. And they also called, basically said, the 1992 consensus, as long as, if China's not going to, and this is basically what Ma said, if China's not going to acknowledge the, you know, the KMT formulation of, you know, the, there's one, you know, both sides believe in one China, but each has their own interpretation. China has never, never signed on to the both, you know, each side with a different interpretation. In 2016, never. they sent around a notice to all their media people saying they were not allowed to even say that, mm -hmm. that both interpretations, or two different interpretations thing. So now Ma is claiming that China has changed on this, which is not true. But this new plus one group, all it came out and said, you know, it, it, there's no use in having a consensus that's not actually a consensus and nobody in Taiwan actually supports. Right. So there's a lot of calls for reform in the party. So what do you think the chances are, though, of them actually getting through? That's the big question. I don't think I don't think we're going to see any reforms unless there'll be something like uh, letting more young people into maybe the Central Standing Committee mm -hmm. or something. But fundamental reforms in the KMT's stance toward China and toward Taiwan, they're not going to change. I just don't see it happening as long as people like Mai Zhou and Lian Jian and those older guys are still running things. Mm -hmm. They still have a lot of weight. Yeah. So, I mean, structurally, the important thing here is to keep in mind who, not what people think on the outside or what the younger members think should change. The real key is what are the voting members of the KMT going to be willing to sign off on? Right. And so let's keep in mind, Han Guo, you just brought in some 10, 20, 30,000 new members recently. They're probably not going to want to have these kinds of changes. No. The Huang Fuxing, which is the military veterans group, is enormously powerful. And of course, most people who have the disposable income, the time and the interest to sign up for KMT party membership are generally older. And they skew heavily toward families of people who came over from in 1949 from China. The, all those people are going to be pushing back against these kinds of things. So you'd have to have a party chair who is strong enough to strong arm it through and change the basic structure of the membership. The only one I could think of being able to do that would be maybe Hoyoi. But the problem is, is I can't see Hoyoi has an uphill climb getting past those same people to be elected right. in the first place. They're never going to vote for another Taiwanese. Really well, difficult. except for Wu Duanyi, who is effectively an honorary, right, but, <laughs> honorary but mainlander. Now yeah. what are they going to be saying to themselves? Right. Look what he did to us. Oh, yeah. my God. Exactly. Yeah. So th they're afraid of another Li Donghui scenario, which, of course, he was the one who <laughs> democratized Taiwan, d disenfranchised the KMT as a one-party ruler, you know, one-party state. So the so. KMT is facing some other huge issues, which mm -hmm. might well blow up in this administration. 
There's a great piece at Ketagalan Media mm-hmm. this week. Uh, let's see. We got it right here. The title is... Dun, 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 dun. What does... Okay, while you're looking for that, what I can the, also add a quick detail. Yeah, the current acting KMT chair threw out. He's going to bra- he's going to formally bring to the Central Standing Committee a proposal that everyone over sixty, including himself, resign from the Central Standing. He's Committee. what eighty three? He's eighty seven or something like that. My yeah, God. Yeah, uh, he's an older guy anyway. Just the way you're no, looking no, for that. No, no, that's right. This, that's a good detail. So I don't, know. Media I, I don't think he's going to get through. But what the knows? KMT really needs after its devastating losses. What it really needs is cash. So what this article says is that according in 2018, the KMT had an income of 430 million NT. Mm-hmm. That's 430 million NT. Yeah, it's no small sum. And personnel expenses were 1.75 billion that's NT. That's billion with a B. So that's more than four times its income. Why was it so high? Well, according to the same data... The 1.59 billion of that 1.75 billion is pensions. Yeah. The DPP's personnel costs are 139 million, 136 million, sorry. And the KMTs would be without those pensions, they'd be right around 200 similar, million. Similar, yeah. yeah. They'd, be, they'd be similar. So active personnel costs are pretty similar between the two parties. The report said that Udwani was borrowing 25 million NT a month to, yeah. pay, to pay the party's expenses. Now, of course, with the ill-gotten assets law in force, they don't have all those assets that they took during the once-party state era when they took over a lot of old Japanese properties and the government basically gave a whole lot of the things to the party because kind of the line between the party and the government was not very it was basically pretty blurry back then. <laughs> so all those assets which could have pay, paid to get them out of this are gone. Yeah, there it's going to be very interesting to see. Now, you were saying that the tra- the uh, Transitional Justice Committee is going to get its budget cut and might be wound up by May. Yes, and why don't we get to that after the break? All right, welcome back. So what about Han Goyi? Is he going to run for chair of now, the this KMT? Is, this is very interesting. Now, I, I've been leaning toward he he will reluctantly, because lots of people try and push him into it. But you actually pointed out something when we were talking before the show, which actually might be a, a more likely scenario. But very quickly, the reasons why he might run include, first of all, he ran for the position before and lost to Udoni. Right. Number two, he's been, if you regular watcher of the show, you'll know this, but he was packing, he got several, 10, 20, or 30,000, something like that, new members from his hardcore follower base to join the party. He's been talking about reforming the party in the last few weeks constantly in, in the run-up to the presidential election. If you actually look at his numbers, it, if you look at the headline number that he, he lost in the presidential race, it looks bad. He got 38%. But he got something like, 700,000, I got a million and some odd more than Eric Chu did in the 2016 votes. He got a higher percentage than Eric Chu. And if you take the entire pan blue camp from 2016, including James Song and Eric Chu, he still cleared both of them combined by something like 700,000 votes. And he unified the party, which Eric Chu failed to do, by effectively sidelining the PFP. He unified the party, increased the voter turnout, 
increase the percentage turnout for for him as well, both of them compared to Eric Chu. And he's got a lot of hardcore followers. So those would be the reasons why he might want to run. We know that he, he does. However, you pointed out something which which actually may make sense. What was that? About the pensions? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I actually do is he just tells me smart stuff, but then I repeat it because he forgets. No, no, it's you know? the opposite. <laughs> I'm just the plucky comic relief. <laughs> there may be a good reason why he might delay. Because this election is only to finish out Udoni's term, which ends mm-hmm. in May of 2021. Yeah. So he might wait until next May when he'd have the reins for four years. Mm-hmm. But... Then again, he might not run. As you were saying, he might, he must be exhausted. He had the the, the uh, mayoral mm-hmm. election and mm-hmm. then the primary election and then the presidential election. He's yeah. got to be beat. He's got to be really tired. So, I mean, that's what, when you said that, it was like, you know, that actually probably would make sense. That gives him a little bit of time to recharge. Yes. So I don't know. He might run this time in the by-election because this is a by-election. Um, uh, and, but, you know, I thought that actually is, was a really good point, I thought. So he might wait until a May of next year to run. The risk, of course, is that whoever takes over does a good job and becomes popular. Right. But so I, that would be the risk. I don't see that happening. <laughs> no. But, I mean, he's got the recall underway to get yes. him recalled. So he may want to concentrate on Kaohsiung for the sh- in the short term and worry about the chairman race next year. Yeah, he's, or they're he on the run second now. I don't know. stage of that, right? Second stage mm-hmm. of the recall. How yeah. many votes do they need? 230,000. 200 200, 200, 10%. Of the of the qualified voters in, in, Kaohsiung. in Kaohsiung, and then they're targeting getting three hundred thousand because some of them will be in, ineligible or you know, yeah, illegible or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So if that happens, then the recall vote will be held when in May, I think it is. That's what they're targeting. They they said April or May is the is the soonest it could happen. If it happens in May, the irony will be thick. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are not, don't know this, the inauguration for the next presidential term is in May. Okay. It could work out that a very similar time frame to Tsai Ing-wen, after having defeated him, being sworn in for another term as president, could be potentially, if the vote happens, could potentially be when could be Han Guoyu could be voted out of office right. as Kaohsiung mayor. Not only that, but if Han is voted out, there's another election. Mm-hmm. And the KMT is going to be punished for for Han's misbehavior, yeah. running away to run for president instead of running the city as everyone elected him to do. So, so yeah, I mean, they need to first the the recall campaign is is past the first hurdle, which is to get a certain number of signatures to qualify for the second one, which means they have to get a bigger number of signatures. And if they reach that threshold, then there's a by election held, or a vote to whether or not they're going to remove recall him. And recall. Then there's an election. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Gaosheng was going to be unsettled for quite a while. Yeah. But that's good for the show. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> good for us. <laughs> you know, one of the things the um, the young people were saying is, you know, they wanted to prioritize relations with the U.S. Because right now with the KMT being the pro-China party and the U.S. having taken this sudden swing in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. both parties and many, many people who formerly were, were let's let's take it easy on China and, you know, will develop economic relations and China will change. All that has changed. That atmosphere mm-hmm. is gone. And anti-China is now in vogue in the in the capital. And for the KMT to to rebuild or remake or continue its its Washington connections, it's going to have to become a party that's anti-China. 
And that's right why now in Vogue not. magazine that was the cover. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Actually, this week did have that one funny thing with the Facebook, uh, the translation of Burma, the Burmese oh. translation of <laughs> Xi Jinping's name is Mr. Shithole. <laughs> that was so unbelievable. And I didn't really quite believe it until I saw this morning that Facebook had apologized for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was pretty funny. In Bernice. Yeah. Oh, my. Well, um, I think. But yeah, uh, I mean, I think, you, I think you, the, what, you're, what you're saying is correct. I mean, definitely the KMT has moved more from blue into the red category. At least a lot yeah. of them have. And this is why they, the KMT keeps talking about we have to get the youth vote back because basically nobody under 20 voted for them. Sorry, under 30 voted for Under 20 voted yeah, for Nobody under 20 nobody voted. Nobody under 20 so. voted, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, basically nobody under 30 voted vote for a party, and mostly people under 40 don't. Now, they don't have exit polling, but going, you know, in the run-up to, to, the, to the poll blackout 10 days before the election, the turnout, uh, the percentage of people under 40 who are saying that they're going to vote for the party was tiny, like 20%. Yeah. It was for people under 40. So, you know, that's why there's all this talk about. But the problem the party has, as you note, is that a lot of these old members are now have moved much closer to China. They have business interests there. They um, and so they have a very different set of priorities than most Taiwanese do. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh, election season here for the KMT. Mm-hmm. Hope to see you here for the next one. Uh, have a great Chinese New Year. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw. Oh, 就是那个台湾狗啦，最喜欢我的台湾狗了。